there's something you're going to trip over, if there's a ledge, you, you find yourself afraid, tentative, cautious in the dark. You feel alone. How many of us growing up and with our kids, we, we leave a light on, we, we make sure there's a little bit of a light at night somewhere so that when our children wake up in those young ages, that they, they know that there's someone present. They're not by themselves. They don't have to be afraid. Where are those dark places that you've been? And how did you feel there? Maybe there's a dark place or some dark places that you've been that... that Bring about positive and healthy emotions and, and reflections. I'll never forget, it was, well, I was a college student. We'd gone down to Falls Creek. And we'd gone down late one night to the devil's bathtub. They don't call it that anymore, do they? What do they call it now? The Baptist Pond or something? Baptist Spring? Devil's Bathtub, right? Okay. Anyway, we went down and, and it was late at night. Um, and we, we kind of crawled back up on the rocks there right below the, 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 the tub area. We sat there in what's called the soap dish. And the canopy, if you've been there, you know there's a canopy of trees. And it just opens up into the heavens. And it was pitch black, except for the stars. And sitting there in the darkness of that moment, we were overwhelmed by the beauty of that place, by the beauty of the, of the sky as the stars illuminated up above us. Do you have a, a dark place like that that's special to you? As I've shared before in my journeys, in my, my experience in Panama, we, we lived on the beach. We were an hour and a half outside of the city. It was pitch black at night. We'd go out on the beach, and you could literally, if you've been a place like this, you could literally see the Milky Way up above in all of its glory, in all of its grandeur. In our particular place on, on the beach and on the ocean, there was, a, there was an island about two miles off, off the coast. And there was a lit cross. The only thing that was on the island was a cross. And it lit up at night. And so you'd go out and you'd look up and see the heavens. And you'd look out and a cross would be floating, suspended over the ocean. Pitch black. Except for the brilliance of the light. Do you have a dark place like that that you like to go to see the light? In its fullest glory. You know, they, they talk about, as we talk about light and darkness, they talk about this thing called light pollution today. Did you know there are people that grow up, there are children that grow up in our urban areas that have never seen anything besides the moon and the brightest of bright stars in the sky? Because there's so much light that comes out of our planet in our city areas, you, you don't see the stars. Can you imagine growing up? Those of us that live in rural areas or have been in rural areas and uh, away from the cities, we can't imagine people growing up and not seeing the lights of heaven. In fact, there's, there's studies being done. Scientists are trying to figure out what, what does it mean that, that our earth is growing to be a place where there's not a lot of darkness left. You see, in, in the physical realm, we need darkness. It's, it's a part of the natural rhythms of our own lives. And when we place ourselves in, in places where there's no darkness and there's, there's no rhythm of darkness and light, it messes with us physically. Let's, let's start with Scripture in the beginning. I find it interesting, the interchange of darkness and light. We've already heard Scripture read. The Scriptures we're going to consider today, 
Genesis 1, chapter 2. Listen to how Genesis 1, chapter 2 describes the beginning of life. The beginning of creation. The earth was formless. The earth was void. The earth was covered with darkness. But verse 3 is interesting because verse 3 tells us the first act of creation. The first act of creation. Chapter 3, verse 3. God said, what? Let there be light. Let there be light. Light is that, that first expression of God's creative work in this place. And interesting, look at verse, if, if you have your scriptures with you, and I think it will be on the screen. Verse 3 and 4. God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. Now, now we're going to talk, we've been talking about physical light. We're getting ready to jump into spiritual light. But look what happens with physical light and darkness. When God said, let there be light, the way I understand verse 4 here, when God said, let there be light, guess what? The light overcame the darkness, didn't it? When the light shines, darkness is gone, right? No matter how, how dark the darkest dark is and how light and, and dull the lightest light is, in that spot the light wins, right? The light always prevails. And isn't it interesting that as part of creation, the way I picture this, the earth is formless and void, and God says, let there be light, and there's no more darkness. And then look what it says. But God separated. He pulled the light back physically so that there would be light. And darkness. Again, we need in the physical realm, we need light and darkness. Now as we come into the New Testament, in John 1, let's, let's kind of see what begins to change from the physical to the spiritual. John 1, verses 4 and 5. In Him was life. In Jesus was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness. So Jesus is this life, that, this light that comes into the, the dark spiritual world of our lives. He comes in as light and He shines before men. And look at this verse 5. Look at the, this next part. It says, And the darkness, and the darkness did not, does not, cannot comprehend the light. Understand the light. Even better said, the darkness cannot overpower the light. The creation story. The light overcomes the darkness and God says, whoa, let's separate that out. Let's, let's continue to have light and darkness. But when the light comes spiritually, when the light of Christ comes into this world, what does, what's the descriptor there? It says that the darkness cannot overcome the light. Have you thought about that? Jesus is the light. Have you thought about the ways in which the darkness has tried to destroy Jesus? It wasn't too long after he was born before Herod made the decree that all children, all boys, males under the age of two were to be put to death. But you see, the darkness didn't overcome Jesus at that point. Remember, Jesus' first act of, of, after his baptism, he went, into the dark, he went into the wilderness. And what happened? Satan relentlessly, after 40 days of, of fasting, Satan relentlessly attacked Jesus. And you know what? The darkness did not overcome the light. 
all through the Gospels, all through the New Testament, the, the Jewish leaders are out to trick or out to fool or out to overpower and overcome Jesus. And guess what? The darkness never overcomes the light of Jesus. Even to the point where the Romans get involved and the Romans arrest him and crucify him, beat him. They put him in a tomb and they seal it with a large rock. But even at that point, the darkness does not overcome and overpower the light of Jesus. You see, the darkness has for eternity, in that spiritual sense, tried to overcome and overpower the light. Yet hear the confession of Jesus. Hear him when he says, I am the light of the world. You see, the world is a dark place. It's a place that's filled with all kinds of evil, all kinds of darkness. Light is our only hope. Light is the only hope of the world. For with light, the scripture tells us, comes life. When there's light, we don't have to stumble around anymore. There's a way, there's a path that we can journey. Listen to how John describes this need for light and the coming of Christ as the light of the world. John 1 9, Jesus says, John says, There was the true light which coming into the world enlightens every man. You see, there's the sense, there's this spiritual understanding that before Jesus came into the world, we all walked in this state of darkness. And even today, without Christ, we walk in a state of darkness. But it's Jesus, the light, who comes into the world that enlightens every man and woman and child that would call after him. John 8, 12, our focal verse for today says, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. Again, Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. If you'll follow after me, you no longer have to stumble and, and walk around in darkness. You no longer have to walk to the edge in darkness and not know if the next step or inch, the next lean, will cause you to fall into the abyss. Jesus is the light. Psalm 119.105 says this, Thy word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. How much more so the living word, the light of Jesus to come and to light our path, to be light for us, to provide and to show us the way. 1 John 1.5, John just simply says, God is light. In Him, there is no darkness. You see, Jesus is the light of the world. Do you like if-then statements? Some of them we do. <laughs> Some of them we don't. You know, we, we bribe our kids sometimes. If you'll clean up your room, then we'll, we'll do this. We'll, we'll, whatever we like to do, we'll go do this. But first we've got to clean up. First we've got to get things straight and put together. If, then. It happens at school. We, we learn do it at school. If you complete your coursework, then you can graduate. We do it at, at work. If you do a good job at work, you'll be eligible and up for promotion. If you work hard and do good, then you'll be able to find work. 
Listen to how this if-then idea and concept plays out in Scripture. It's one of the, I think, the most thought-provoking parts of Scripture in Romans 5. Listen to what Paul says. In verse 8 he says, God demonstrates His own love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died. Now let's go down to verse 10. And I'll, I'll read this out of the message. It, it brings it to life really, really uniquely here. He says, if, if when we were at our worst, sinners walking in darkness, if when we were at our worst, we were put on friendly terms with God by the sacrificial death of His Son, now that we're at our best, if while we were at our worst, then, or now, that we're at our best, listen to what it says. Just think of how our lives will expand and deepen by means of His resurrection life. If, while we were sinners walking in darkness, God sent His Son to bring about salvation, how much more now, having been saved, does the life of Christ have to offer us? You think, but wait, sending His Son while we were in darkness, it can't get any better than that. And what Paul is saying, oh yeah, it does. If you'll come along, if you'll just continue to walk in that light. This is where Jesus offers His revelation. In Matthew 5 on the Sermon on the Mount, this is, this is radical, revolutionary news. I, I hope you'll hear it for the first time today. Remember, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. That's His confession. That's His revelation of Himself to us. But now, the, the, then, the, the next revelation that comes out of that, Matthew 5.14. You are the light of the world. Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. But then he says, but if you'll come and follow after me, if you'll allow me to die for your sins and accept me as, as Lord and Savior, then guess what? Then it gets even better. Then you're the light of the world. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works. You know, our teams are coming in from literally all over the nation to stay here and to go into work in those those, those devastated areas, they are allowing their good works to shine before men in this place. And as we host and as we go ourselves, we're allowing our good works to shine before men and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Let your light shine because you're the light of the Word. Let your light shine through your good works so that God would be glorified in this place. Listen to what, what he says, what, what Paul says in Ephesians 5.8. He says, For you were once in darkness. We've talked about that. We've all walked in darkness at some point. But now, you are light in the Lord. You are light. Live. Live as children of light. 1 Peter 1.9 This is the way Peter says the same truth, the same idea. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of the darkness and into His wonderful light. If while we were sinners, 
God sent His Son, sent the light to bring salvation. How much more now has He called us and allowed us to become His light as His Spirit indwells and abides within us? Peter says that we are called out of darkness. We are called into His light. You see, we've all lived and experienced this darkness. But listen to the truth of Scripture. Listen to the radical invitation of Scripture. Each one of you, each one of us, have been called out of that darkness. If you live in darkness today, it's because you've chosen to live in darkness. You see, God, Christ, calls us out of darkness. Why? The present application of this is so that we can be called into His wonderful light. You see, we're called out of darkness to live in His light. John 12, 46 says, I've come as light so that you will not remain in the darkness. That word remain is to abide in darkness. John 14 and 15, Jesus says, Remain in the Spirit of God. Remain in my light. There's the contrast. We're called out of the darkness called into the light. But now I I put this in a future light. We're not just called into His light. That's the present. We're always being called into the light. No matter what experience of darkness you would have, no matter if you slip backwards and go and, and experience time of darkness, guess what? God is presently, He's always, continually calling you into His light. But oh wait, you don't know the darkness that I live in and I repent and I say I'm sorry and I find myself back in that darkness again. Guess what? God is always through Christ calling you out of that darkness into His light. Faithfully, without fail, calling you into His darkness so that now as we look to the future, we're to live as His children. We're to walk in His light, not in the darkness. Remember, the light always, always overcomes the darkness. Oh wait, you don't know the darkness. Let me tell you. The light of Christ will and does overcome the darkness of your life. That is truth. Now will you live in that truth? Will you continually allow yourself to be called out of those dark recesses and closets of your life? So that you can be present in the light of Christ. And so that you can begin to learn how to walk in His light. As we study the Scripture, as we look through these passages, here's what it looks like to walk in the light. To walk in the light means that we we let our good works, good works, not evil works, we let our good works shine before men. It means that we commit ourselves to a life of praising God. And allowing God to be glorified through our lives and through our good works. It means that we experience fellowship with one another. To walk in the light means you walk with others. It means you walk in community with others who've seen and know the light. Finally, in in the light of these verses and, and passages we've looked at today. To walk in the light means that we experience the purification from our sin. We experience the cleansing. It's an ongoing, continual cleansing that we have as we come out of the darkness into the light, as we experience God's salvation and grace. Oh, that we would get rid of the guilt. 
and live in the truth that we've been purified of our sins. And now we can live and walk in His light. You know, as I look back to that scene in Panama as I would go on the beach, it wasn't the darkness that drew me to those moments. It was the brilliance of the light shining out. Folks, we, we wouldn't have to talk too long before we could probably agree that the darkness in this world seems to grow deeper and darker every day and every moment. The moral standards and ethos, the morality of the people of our, of our nation, of our culture, seems to continue to grow deeper and further into darkness. Hear the words of the Lord when He says, You live as children of light. You see, the truth is, is that as the world around us grows darker, guess what? The light of Christ, your light, our light, should become brighter and brighter and brighter. We are the children of light. And we are to live and to walk in that way. Regardless of the darkness that gathers around us. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for Your grace, for Your love. We thank You for Your light. And today, we celebrate that You are light and that You've called us to be light. May we walk and live in that truth today. In Jesus' name, the name of the light we pray. Amen.